Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. And good morning, everybody. Welcome Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle, watch us. MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman today. There is an auction for equipment and government fleet vehicles, including SUVs, pickups, sedans, Hummer H3 and over 60 transit buses waiting to be transformed into a roomy RV. Auction is open right now at rollerauction.com. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Good morning. How are you? Top of the morning. Happy St. Valentine's Day to you. Yeah. What are you going to be doing with your lovely missus? I don't think that it's going to be crazy or anything like that. She's got a busy day, so and we're both working until... Somewhat, not late, but, you know, so probably not a lot of shenanigans going on. Oh, what do you mean by shenanigans? I think there'll be some quiet time, maybe. Quiet time. Who knows? Maybe we'll play. uh, Oh, don't even. A little backgammon. Exciting. Wow. A little bit. Yeah. So are you the guy that says, hey, this is just a Hallmark holiday? She's the one. She. Oh, that's good. In fact, she said that's this morning, good. she said it's a made up, it's a made up holiday. To sell cards. Uh, yeah. Or, and flowers. Chocolate. And, and right. Stuff like that. Yeah. So I love my wife in so yeah. many different ways. I love her candor. Yeah. And, you know. Every day is Valentine's Day. Yeah, I don't know about that. but anyway. That's what you got to say. Every day is Valentine's Day. Right. So anyway, that so, but off we go. Yeah, the, the last thing that you want to say is, if your wife or girlfriend says, "How come you didn't buy me any chocolate?" Never respond with, because I don't want you to be any fatter than you oh are. Oh my god! Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. Or. How come you didn't buy me flowers? Because they die. And if they die, I don't want to think of you. So I was reading Twitter yesterday, and it was a really interesting comment uh, from a Broncos fan. I thought it was pretty provocative. I saw it. Yeah. 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 Said the Broncos have the fourth worst cap space in the NFL. One pick in the top 75. First pick isn't high enough for a premier quarterback. Largest dead cap in history looming. No answer at quarterback for eight years in a row. A dynasty started in your own division. And then the person said, what gives you hope for the future? And, you know, you and I have talked about all of those things individually. Yeah. But when you put it all together in one tweet, when you take all the individual things that you made for Thanksgiving and put them on one table and see them there, 
you're like, wow, that's something. It's eight years accumulating, too. And that's yeah. the thing here. You know, you've got ownership. You've got coaching staff. You've got players that are all relatively new to this morass that the Broncos are have been in and currently find themselves in. Broncos country has lived with this for eight excruciating years and getting worse as we go, right? It has a cumulative effect. I saw that Nick Benito shot back, you know, hey. Find At an, this tweet? Yeah, find another team or something along the lines of, uh, that's maybe you need to find another team. That's just that's just dumb. Probably I, don't need to do that because no. you got you you have to be sensitive on some level to the history of things. Yeah, these are fans that show up every damn Sunday. The fans are going to be here longer than you. It, 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 exactly, it, they they are, and and I will say this: Broncos fan can say anything they damn well want because they've earned it. Yeah. All they do is travel every Sunday halfway around the world or to L.A. or to Kansas City or wherever they're playing. All they do is show up every single week with sellouts. They're, they're a fantastic fan base. They've earned the gripe as far as I'm Would concerned. Would it feel any different? I understand Nick Benito at eight sacks. I get it. But would it feel any different if Pat Sertan said that or Justin Simmons said that? Yeah, yeah. certainly Justin Simmons. Yeah. Because uh, Justin Simmons gets it. He's been here that entire time. I, I know that Nick Benito had eight sacks. I get it. But he's Shane Wright. He's a one-trick pony. Well, I mean, and, and he's and he's he's wearing his emotions on his sleeve. Yeah. And I'm not trying, I get it. I'm not trying to pick on Nick. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. He happened to be the one that responded to it. Yeah. I understand his response to it. Yeah. He's been in this thing for two years. (laughs) Broncos country has been in a tailspin for eight. This is where there is a disconnect. I believe between fans and the players, the players for the most part, take their jobs very seriously. Mm-hmm. Let's not go down the road while they get paid a lot of money. They take their jobs seriously every day. Yep. Fans do not see them go to work every day, whether it's studying film or out there on the practice field or in the weight room, so on and so forth. Players just happen to live in a world, have a career where everybody gets a chance to see the finished product. Mm-hmm. And with the way the Broncos have played over the last eight years, that I'm using that term very loosely. Yes. And then we, it gets broadcast to millions of people. Yep. And then every single day, people on sports talk radio are talking about it. People on blogs are talking about it. You know, you are literally living your life in a fishbowl. And judgment is constantly being passed. Yes. And if yes. there isn't the desired outcome, all of the work that went into it from a fan's perspective is, well, clearly you didn't work hard enough. Not to mention, Nick Benito has no control over who the other guys are on the roster. Mm -hmm. George Payton and Sean Payton building that roster. I understand the fans' frustration, but honestly, it really in some ways isn't fair to criticize 
the players either, even though I understand they make a lot of money and the fans pay some, a small part of their salary. Let's be honest here. It's the television contracts that pay the salary, not really the people at the gate. That's kind of chump change. And I will use one of your terms. Fans don't get to see how the gumbo is made. Right. And sausage is made, yeah, whatever. What, you, yeah, fill yeah. in the blank, whatever right. whatever it is. Um, so I didn't push back on Nick Benito's comment because I get where he's coming from, too. Right. He's trying to, but these guys are trying to make no mistake. These guys want to win a hell of a lot more than, than any do. fan does. There's no question. And, and it isn't even from There's, the from the long snapper to the starting quarterback, all these guys want to do is win. I what I would what I would say is, and this would never happen. Take the most cynical fan out there, okay, and let them walk into the building on Monday and literally shadow Justin Simmons, Pat Sertan, Nick Benito, whoever it is, for the entire week. Yeah. And I'm including going home to that player's home when that player probably gets home late at night, barely sees the kids, certainly wants to see the kids, you know, can't take them to school in the morning, can't have breakfast with them in the morning, can't really probably tuck them in at night. You're taking away from your family. You might have treatment. Let them see what goes on every single minute of that week. And then the game Everything, and I think that fan's perspective oh my would change instantaneously. Would. I agree. And I'm not here trying to defend the players. No. I'm not. But you but you just, the, the lens that you're looking through, I get it. You've earned the right to have that lens. Mm-hmm. But honestly, it's not that you don't get it. It's just that you're ignorant and you don't understand that these guys do work really hard. Yeah. And we see a ton of it, but we don't even see all of it. No. I mean, we're not at the at the at the compound or the headquarters um at six o'clock at night. I mean, we don't we, we get their first practices. We don't generally get the walkthroughs, all the th- all of the things that they're doing. And it's a it is a it is a constant pursuit. And um and these guys are remarkably dedicated to that pursuit. Yes, they make a lot of money, but that can't just be always the fallback for a fan's argument. And by the way, do not fault the players one bit for making all that money. Isn't that the great American way? Yes. Right? And, and by the way, do not live under the assumption that you pay the players' salaries. No. You don't. If nobody went to the games, nobody went to the games. COVID season. Okay. The players would still be paid because of those television contracts. Sure. There are plenty of revenue streams to pay the players. I mean, do we honestly believe that the owners lost a lot of money? Now, in baseball, they might. In hockey, they might. But not in the NFL. And have, do we pay attention to the value of franchises and how it increases year to year? Right. <laughs> right. We're up in the $6 billion range If now. you want to talk about baseball and maybe another sport, 
where the owners lost money, that's one thing. That's probably a fair argument. But in the NFL, as long as those TV contracts are there, the players are getting paid. Sorry, Joe fan. You are not paying NFL salaries. You know, you buying a hot dog, you know, one one hundredth of a penny doesn't find its way into Justin Simmons' pocket. Coming up after the break. So, what gives you hope for the future? One person on Twitter responded to that. It is a fair argument. However, is it anywhere accurate or is it partially delusional? That's next. Some people live just to play the game. Some people think that the physical things define what's within. And I... Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at mylifesports.com. You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman today. There is an auction for equipment and government fleet vehicles, including SUVs, pickups, sedans, and a Hummer H3, and more than that. Go check it out today at RollerAuction.com. You can do all of your bidding from the comfort of your own home online. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com backslash MHS. In the meantime, if you have a 4x4 or a truck and you want the coolest truck or 4x4 on the block, you need to go to High Country Performance 4x4 and Englewood. Here's the deal. There are a lot of different places out there that kind of do the things that High Country Performance 4x4 does. But I don't think anybody out there does everything, one-stop shopping, at the level that they do it at. They do rebuilds, seasonal inspections, custom fabrication, and even more than that. I have taken a tour of High Country Performance 4x4, and the stuff they do is honestly breathtaking, where they can actually do a rebuild for you. And the technology that they use is nothing short of remarkable. And if you're a DIYer, no problem. They have the top products sitting in their retail center. Go check them out in Englewood. We're going to High Country Performance 4x4, again in Englewood, hcp4x4.com, hcp4x, that's buy, 4.com. <laughs> They've been building cool stuff since 1980. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by High Country Performance 4x4 in Inglewood, Colorado's premier one-stop shop for anything and everything 4x4s and trucks. High Country Performance 4x4, building cool shit since 1980. Go to hcp4x4.com. So we told you about a Broncos fan who put this on Twitter, and I'll read it verbatim. And it was pretty provocative because, sadly, it's pretty true. Broncos have the fourth worst cap space in the NFL. One pick in the top 75 picks. First pick isn't high enough for a premier quarterback. Largest dead cap in history, looming. No answer at quarterback for the last eight years. Dynasty just started in your own division. And then the person said, what gives you hope for the future? There are a lot of different responses to this tweet. Here is one. Richest owners in the league with a commitment to winning and sparing nothing. 
an experienced coach that knows how to win and mold a culture. NFL things change fast, and anything can happen. Experienced players forming into a solid core, and plus offensive line and secondary. Listening to all of that, is that a great argument? Is that a solid argument? Or is it a little bit delusional because even those things cannot overcome what was said in the original tweet? It's it's a fairly solid argument. Um, Richest owners in the league. It's not going to make me run out and buy season tickets, but I think it's a. It, but you it's, can't because the the line is that's right as, it, as long as as long as you can it's imagine. It's still like over eighteen thousand or something. Yeah, like the that. line I mean, goes through the Rocky Mountains all the way up to Nevada. Yeah, it. Yeah, it's still a very hard ticket to come by. Uh, and they the, raised ticket prices. Yes, they did. Last eight years, notwithstanding. Uh, very difficult ticket to come by. Yes, and and things can turn quickly in the world of the NFL. I I think it's harder to turn things quickly in the NFL when you don't have a quarterback. When your biggest question is what you're doing at quarterback. It's one thing if you've got questions in other places, but when you've got questions at quarterback to the point where you have no answers at all, hell, you don't even know who it's going to be, that changes the equation a little bit for me. And the Broncos are clearly in that place. We've talked a lot about the bedfellows they have with the bad cap space. Yep. All of those teams have quarterback answers. So don't tell me about Tampa and and Philadelphia and the Rams. Don't don't tell me about those teams all have quarterbacks. And Philadelphia, by the way, was just in the Super Bowl less than two years, two years ago. Two years ago. Right. When you look at the Buccaneers, they still have core players from that defense that won a Super Bowl and they're still pretty good less than four years ago. When you look at the Green Bay Packers oh with my the problems God. that yeah. they had. Right. With the Aaron Rodgers contract, they not only have their quarterback, they have a bunch of great young talent. People will look at the Saints as well. That's probably the closest apples to apples, which is somewhat ironic considering Sean Payton walked out the door knowing that cap space was awful and that was coming. And then now he's here and he's in the same exact situation. Yeah, right. Um, So, yeah, I mean... Well, let's go through this line by line as a retort. Richest owners in the league with a commitment to winning and sparing nothing. Is that really going to affect this season because they're rich? Because there is a salary cap and it's a hard one. No, it, 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 uh, that has nothing. That's a long-term, that's a long-term build a new facility. That's about it. Build a new facility, better grass, uh, whatever you, you can hire coaches in an unlimited you can do that i mean all the well, they already they've already spent that money right. on the coach yeah i i don't think it's a bad thing to have good ownership no it's a great I think thing it's a good thing I it's, think, a, yeah. it's a great thing to have good ownership it's a great thing to have good ownership to pay massive signing bonuses so it doesn't hurt your cap but at the right. end of the day there is a limit that the penners will have experienced coach knows how to win and mold a culture. I think that's a fair and valid point. I think the culture is changing. Yes, I think, I think that's molded. fair. Yes, it is. Okay. I agree. I would agree with that one. Things change fast. Anything can happen. That that That's a fair point as well. But looking at what the Broncos currently have, I'm sorry, I just don't see it. Because when you look at the Packers, you would say 
okay, they're a year or so away, but we don't know much about Jordan Love. Because that was the narrative going into Mm -hmm. the season. And he wasn't good early in the season. Now we know about Jordan Love. Yes, we do. So the argument, honestly, at least using the Packers as an example, is not a good example. When you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they got Baker Mayfield, former number one overall pick, for pennies on the dollar. Mm -hmm. And it was basically incentive-based. But they have Mike Evans. They have Chris Godwin. They have Shaq Barrett and Levante David and a lot of talent on that defense. Different. Tampa's an interesting situation because they got to pay some people. Um, you know, Evan, they got to pay Evans. They got to pay um, Baker Mayfield. And they do have a cap challenge. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how they go. But I, it would be hard for me to imagine Baker Mayfield not staying in Tampa. Right? Yep. I, I, it would be very difficult for me. To, he to, wants to be he there. He wants to be there. Yes. And they want him to be there. They'll get that figured out. And, oh, by the way, before everybody gets way too excited, well, look what Tampa did. Look what New Orleans did. They, they were one game better than the Broncos. Yeah. They it, were nine and eight. That's all. That's right. it. It's, it's not like they were, you know, 12 and five. And aren't they in the NFC? Yes. Oh, that's a big difference, In a folks. division that yeah. you can make the case yeah. is the worst division in in the NFC. It's in the worst division in the worst conference. Right. So, so with that. Anyway. Okay. So with that, how much better do you think the Broncos would be if they kept Russell Wilson? Let's say they decided to keep him. Are they suddenly a 12-win team? No, I think they're about where they probably were this year. Well, if that's the case, then then get rid of them. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe, um, because by the way, if you draft a quarterback and then you decide to keep him for a year mm-hmm. as a one-year deal, your cap hit goes higher. Yeah, the dead cap hit becomes eighty-six million, either one season or over two years. So, at some point, you're going to rip the band-aid off. When do you want to do it? I mean, I don't know. Alex, how many more wins do they get with Russell Wilson next year coming back? Two to three. You think? Oh, wow. Now, see, that's a difference maker right there. Well, if, if you if believe that's the case. three, if you believe three, that's a difference maker. Do you believe that Russell will improve under Sean Payton's offense? I don't think Sean Payton thinks that Russell will improve on Sean Payton's offense. And the other thing is, I don't think Peyton believes that Wilson can run his offense. He came here to run his offense. It's it's kind of like, you know, you you have put together a great car. You're Joe Gibbs racing, and you have a car that is already set up Mm -hmm. to win major NASCAR races, but you have a driver that can't handle it. Sean Payton said to Jim Rome last week when asked the question, what are you looking for out of a quarterback? said, it's got to be someone with a quick processor. He immediately went into describing Drew Brees and Patrick Mahomes. Not Russell Wilson, who he had just worked an entire season with. Correct. He's looking for something 
that his current quarterback right. doesn't have. And here's the bottom line. If Sean Payton doesn't believe that Russell Wilson has a fast processor at the age of 35. Where's he going to get it? It's not going to happen. Right. I mean, there, there's no surgery that's going to be able to fix that. And I and I say this with Russ, go get it. Go find a spot that it can work for you, and that you because I think that he is still a capable quarterback. He he proved that on one level this year. He can produce. Right. He just can't produce what Sean Payton wants him to within the confines of that offense. Here, he, he, here, I'll. I'll one of my analogies, okay? Good. Russell Wilson would be great in Curb Your Enthusiasm because they give you ideas uh, ideas of storylines, and then you basically ad-lib your way through it, mm-hmm. okay? He'd be a great actor for... Actually, I'm going to use Larry David as an example, Okay. Larry David is great in his own show, Curb Your Enthusiasm, right? because it's mainly ad-lib with Jeff Garland and the rest of the cast. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. You would not want Larry David or Jeff Garland doing Shakespeare. No. Because you're not ad-libbing Shakespeare. That is directly to the script. So you have Sean Payton, who is directing Shakespeare, He's he's not a guy who wants to direct Curb Your Enthusiasm. Right. I that's a that's a pretty good. Did, you, did was that just like on the fly? You decided just that? came just came to me. Uh-huh. And you know what? I just had two lattes, and maybe that had something to do with it. Well, if you got a scented candle now, it's still burning in the car. Okay. Yeah, and it's okay because it's not a gas car; it's an electric car. I'm not worried about anything blowing up. And you've got the remote control thing you can just turn the candle off right here from the studio that's right coming up after the break good for our friend jenny jenny kavner mm-hmm. okay 12 years with no the rockies question. now she is with the oakland a's now she is the primary play-by-play voice the first female play-by-play voice in major league baseball history my question is there are probably a lot of guys out there thinking oh come on a woman Really, why do guys have such an issue with women in sports? Because we're guys. Well, that was a tease. Yeah. Notice how I segued? Threatened. Should we do a new segment? No. I I think there are other reasons as well. Notice I'm trying to tease this to get people to come back (laughs) after you blew your load. No, it's all good. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman. Today, there's an auction for equipment and government fleet vehicles, including SUVs, pickups, sedans, 
Hummer H3, and over 60 transit buses waiting to be transformed into a roomy RV. Auction is open right now at rollerauction.com. You can do this on your couch. You don't have to go in. You can set your price. And if you get it, great. If you don't, you don't. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda or find them at sthmazda.com. Good for our friend Jenny Kavnar. 12 years with the Rockies. She has done some play-by-play in the past, and now she has a full-time job doing play-by-play on television for the Oakland A's, the first primary female play-by-play voice in the history of Major League Baseball. I'm sure there are more than a few guys here in town and certainly in Oakland thinking, really, a woman doing this, a woman, huh? Why do you think there are so many guys out there that have a problem with, A, watching women on SportsCenter, and specifically with this, having baseball be told to them by a woman? Described to them, yeah. Uh, I think that sports dudes tend to be set in their ways. Um, and I think, I, I think that the male sports fan, um, likes things the way that they've always had it. And I, and, and I think that there is an insecurity for some reason for men when a woman can do a job and do a job well. Now, Jenny's background, her father was an excellent baseball coach. No question. At Smoky Hill. Right. But I think this is why men have a problem. And I'm not, I mean, I'm predating you, Alex, and Brett, I'm predating you. Guys our age, mm-hmm. okay? We knew the back of every single baseball card. Yep. We could read the stats. And we would memorize those stats and we would read box scores in the newspaper when they actually had physical newspapers. And we watched the games and we as men feel we grew up watching sports and we know the history of sports and women don't because they played with dolls. And I think that is where the disconnect is with guys who don't like female sportscasters. You just don't know sports like we do. And that's not true. Of course it's not. Now, in all fairness, in all fairness, when you have, I can't remember who the reporter was saying, well, I made up stories on the sidelines. When you have somebody like Lisa Salter saying, I've never seen Nikola Jokic play. That kills the credibility for all women because you have a couple of bad apples that feed the narrative of those guys. And when those guys hear that stuff, see, I told you. But if they're not, that should not be the case for everyone. You're letting a couple of rotten apples spoil the entire barrel. Good is good. And you know good when you hear it. I, I, to me, that's the end of it. That I don't care if it's male, female, uh, you know, canine, whatever the language is. You know it's good when you hear it. It's not like you've got to grow with it or it has to be proven to you. When you sit down to listen to a game, watch a game, 
and pay attention to what's being said, you know pretty quickly whether or not you're going to enjoy the broadcaster, whether the broadcaster is going to accentuate the experience, enhance the experience, or if it's going, or if he or she is going to take away from the experience. In all fairness, okay, let's be honest here. To get a play-by-play job with one of 30 Major League Baseball teams, yeah. generally speaking, you need to cut your teeth. Yep. You need to have experience, and I mean a lot of it, to even be considered for a job like this. So I'm going to play both sides of this. I'm sure there are a lot of guys who are in their 20s who have ridden buses, stayed in crappy hotels in minor league baseball, and they have a lot more experience than Jenny does. Let's be honest. Well, with play-by-play, but not necessarily with the game of baseball. Hell, she's worked for 12 years on that broadcast. That's a lot of, that's a lot of baseball. Hold on. Hold on. Play-by-play mm-hmm. is very different yes, than doing sidelines. No question. A what, ton of di- uh, There's a huge studio difference. Studio shows. Studio shows. Right. Whatever it is. Yeah. I did studio shows for years mm-hmm. for the Cubs, the White Sox, the Bulls, and Blackhawks. Doesn't mean that I'd be any good at doing play-by-play. No, but you got to know your stuff. I, I understand right. that. But I'm sure there are a lot of guys who have two, three, four, five, ten times as much experience mm-hmm. who are thinking, how come I'm not getting this opportunity? Well, life ain't fair. That's the way it is. I, under- I understand that. Right. But good for the A's for doing what they're doing. Yeah. And she is a pioneer and could not be any happier for her. This is where the cynical side of me comes in, though. Oh, no. I know. Do we have to go to the cynical side? Do we have to go to the dark side? The A's, Luke, the, I am your father. The A's have been facing a lot of issues over the years. Is that fair to say? Their longtime play-by-play guy, Glenn Kuyper, who used to be with the Giants, was fired last year for using a racial slur on the air. Bad press. The team is a joke. Bad press. Anger towards the franchise is at an all-time high because of the promotion a proposed move to Las Vegas. They don't even want him in Vegas. Well, at least the mayor doesn't right. want him in Vegas even. Okay, I get all that. I mean, they're they're getting 5,000 people a game. They need some good press in the worst way. And hiring Jenny, I'm not saying at all is a publicity stunt. I don't believe that because I think that she is really good and I'm thrilled for her that she is getting this job. But I don't think for one minute that getting this good press was an accident. I see Jenny as a total ray of sunshine. I agree. In every single platform that you can possibly want. From just being a great person, great to be around, good at their work, hardworking, hustler, knowledgeable, all of the things that you, all of the attributes that you want out of any kind of employee. And her play-by-play is probably, at this point, compared to all of those things, is probably the thing that is being honed the most. And she's probably less experienced with the play-by-play obviously, than all of the other things that she's done for 12 years. But that's coming. Uh, I thought Jenny was light light years ahead last summer 
compared to the summer before when she did her first bit of play-by-play. It's a process. There are people out there that can question why she got the job. And you can say that in the world of television where you see somebody on television and you're like, well, how did they get the job? What matters is, yes, I understand the skepticism on why somebody got the job, but now that you have it, be great. Yes. And then say to all those doubters, see, I'm, I, yes, I know why maybe I got the job, mm-hmm. but I'm really good. So I hope that all of these people who are cynics, and I don't consider myself one of them, I, I'm saying things that I don't think are completely out of bounds and unrealistic. The A's are a franchise that is in disarray on pretty much every single level. Well, good. They got something right. I agree. That's my opinion. But you know what I, I find to be interesting is that you have a franchise in the Colorado Rockies that kind of had a chance to do that, too. In a roundabout way, the Rockies do not control KOA. They don't. No. KOA makes their own decisions. When Jerry Schimmel left, how come KOA didn't make her the play-by-play voice? I don't know. Now, granted, I'm guessing she would have had to have taken a pay cut. That's my guess. However, if she was offered the job, I'm guessing she would have considered maybe taking she, it. Maybe she just wants to stay in television and not do radio. It's a, it's a big difference. Play-by-play is play-by-play. Play-by-play is play-by-play. Period. But but it's different on radio than it is on television. I understand, but at least you're in the room. Well, she's in the room now. No, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean, but I mean, I'm not going to question a career path. I'm going to just... No, this is is KOA. Yeah. I'm not talking about her. Why didn't KOA make her the primary? I mean, KOA made Mike Rice the primary. And Mike Rice is a great guy. Damn right he is. But if Jenny was, but but why not Jenny? The A's clearly thought that she was good enough. How come KOA didn't? And she still has all this experience and all of this knowledge. Well, I'd have to. Why, why didn't KOA jump on board on this? I have no idea. I don't. I'm not and familiar she was, with the workings of KOA. And, and they wouldn't have to pay for moving expenses or anything. She's <laughs> right there. What do we have coming up on Just In Case You Missed It? Avs snapped their four-game skid in the nation's capital. And did Carmelo Anthony demand a trade from Denver to New York, or didn't he? That's next on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on My High Sports. Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk. 
Here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman. Today, there's an auction for equipment, government fleet vehicles, including SUVs, pickups, sedans, Hummer H3, and more. Auction is open right now at RollerAuction.com. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com backslash MHS. Time now for the final word. The final word. Is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Alrighty, guys, just in case you missed it, the Avs won their first game of the road trip last night, beating the Capitals or, or Crapitals uh, in a high scoring game, 6 to 3. Arturi Lekkinen had four points with two goals and two assists, his second four point game of the season. Uh, the Avs also ended their power play drought with Miko Rantanen's goal. Was it a reassuring win for the Avalanche last no, night? I don't know about reassuring, but it was a nice win in that they got off to a slow or quick start. Then gave up two goals immediately right. after getting off to a quick start. But then they settled down defensively. They played well between the pipes. The only other goal was a power play goal by uh, Ovechkin. And got basically good play at the blue line. To me, that was more encouraging than the six goals. Four, really, the two empty netters. And and the, you bring up a good point. Because the final score, when you just look at 6-3, to three, it was much closer than that. Sure it was. Yeah, it was. It was a 4-3 to three game. Uh, until the last basically minute minute and a half of the game, and we talked about it yesterday about Lekkinen. He had a great game yes. yesterday. Right, empty net certainly helps the stats. I'm not suggesting he's stat padding. It's not his fault they pulled the goalie, but they need him to contribute, and they got that yesterday. All right, just in case you missed it, on a podcast with Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony revealed he never demanded a trade from Denver to New York, as he said this: "Did you want to go there?" New York never was the place, though. Like, oh, okay. It was people. People think that like I went in there and was like, "Get me out of here to Denver." Like that never was the case. And then on Twitter, George Carl said he came back from cancer treatment, and Carmelo did demand a trade. Uh, does it seem to you like Carmelo is trying to tarnish his connection to the Nuggets organization? You can make that case, okay. There, there's a lot to unpack with this. Dwayne Wade knows the story. I can't imagine Dwayne Wade would allow his friend to lie on his podcast with Dwayne Wade knowing the truth. It is my understanding there is so much backstory to this that this one aborted soundbite doesn't really do it justice. This is how it was told to me. Stan Kroenke told Carmelo Anthony after they lost in six games, I believe, to the Jazz, I'm spending a lot of money on this team and I'm not getting the results I want. I'm not getting a championship. We are going to rebuild. At that point, Carmelo said, I want a trade. I don't blame him for wanting a trade. He had signed a second contract. As far as New York goes, I was told it was New York. That's what I know. But I don't blame Carmelo Anthony for not wanting to be part of a rebuild. I don't think any veteran at that point in his career 
seven years in the league, would want to be part of a rebuild. And that's what a lot of people don't know. They just think that Carmelo walked in there one day out of the blue and said, I want to be traded. There's backstory to that. And the backstory is they were planning on ripping down this roster. Right. And that's a fair impetus for asking for a trade. I'm I'm just tired of hearing from Carmelo. I, I just it's like I, I it's you're not relevant in my world uh, anymore. And I'm pretty sure that it was New York, and that that's where you wanted to be traded. I remember the whole. I mean, I I need to find an article that quotes him saying, you know, this is the only place that I wanted to go. Because that's what I remember back in the day. He he put the Nuggets in a box by saying one team. Brooklyn was mentioned. I remember this very okay. well. But it is my understanding he wanted to go to New York. From George's point of view, Carmelo Anthony was a very difficult guy to coach. I've told the story in the past. I'll tell it again. When Carmelo started, Jeff Bezdelic was the head coach. And Jeff Bezdelic said to Carmelo, I need you to play some defense. And Carmelo looked at Jeff and said, <laughs> well... Uh, I didn't play any defense at Syracuse, and we won a championship. I don't need to play any defense here. Not an easy guy to coach, selfish on the floor. I get all that. Easily one of the top three players in Nuggets history, and I would say he was better than Alex English. Much more difficult to cover. He was a oh, better, no question. He was a better player. Oh, yeah. He yeah. was a better player than Alex English. If you don't like it, fine. If you don't like my opinion, fine. Carmelo Anthony could hit shots anywhere on the floor and then back you down. There was no three-point shot back then, and I'm not saying that Alex English would not be able to hit three-point shots. Carmelo Anthony was a better player. He was one of the three most dominant offensive players for about a six, seven-year stretch in the NBA. Alex English was never that guy. And back then, they never played defense. Ever. In the 1980s, they didn't play defense. And Doug Moe... It's not that he didn't want the team to play defense, but they never played defense. It was run and gun. It was Loyola Marymount. Yeah. Track me. Outscore the other guy. That was Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it. If you're looking for extra low pricing on high-end appliances, go to their clearance center in Denver. If you want to redesign your entire kitchen, they have a staff to do that for you as well. Mountain High Appliance. You can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, a couple of things. Just saw an unbelievable stat about Patrick Mahomes that really defines his greatness over anyone who has ever played the game. And these are the numbers. Also, a Broncos fan put something on Twitter and it spelled it out on how dire the situation is for the Broncos. Individually, you and I have talked about a lot of these things, but when you put them all together, you're thinking, wow, I can't argue with any of these points at all. That's next.